Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on demand from KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Wondering what stories are going viral? Then here's your weekly load of interesting stories spread in interesting ways. I'm Tiffany Hobbs, and this is the Viral Load. For our first story, it comes courtesy of Twitter or X, and it has to deal with how easily accessible exclusivity is and also how dangerous that access can be. So this week is the conclusion of New York Fashion Week. It's one of the premier showcases for fashion. It houses big names with celebrity-filled front rows, up-and-coming designers. However, during one show, a person pretending to be a male model walked on the stage wearing a shower cap, a clear rain poncho, swim trunks, and sneakers. And he made it all the way up and down the runway. He did his best model walk. People were taking pictures and hemming and hawing and cheering. And at the end of his walk, he was accosted by security, practically tackled and dragged off stage. And it was then revealed that this person is a popular YouTuber who does stunts like this. He has over 300,000 followers. And this was just another example of one of his pranks that went viral. And it also showed, again, just how easy someone can gain access to such a premier, quote unquote, Event. So tying it back to your Drake story, this person made it all the way into this locked event where there were tons of security, lots of celebrities, people who paid a lot of money to be there. And he just was able to pretend to be something. And people ate it, ate it, ate it up, believed him. And he made it all the way to the stage where anything could have happened. So, so if he had bad intentions, someone would have been hurt. He absolutely. All types of access. All types of access. He was right there. He was front row. He could have done anything. He could have made any statement. Cameras were on him. He could have totally used that as a platform to say or do anything he wanted to do. Fortunately, it didn't end in violence toward anyone in the crowd, except toward himself, obviously, by security. But again, another example of people feeling entitled to anything and everything just because they either have an audience, won an audience, or just feel like they should be there. And he did it for likes and views. And what scares me, and I'm not actually scares me, I should say saddens me, is he monetized that. He probably got thousands and thousands of views on his YouTube channel, which he gets to monetize. Yeah. And although it's criminal behavior, let's call it what it is, criminal behavior, I'm not so sure that there was a downside for him. Right. And this isn't the first time such a prank has happened. There have been lots of people because of social media who have decided to use their platforms to increase their visibility. A few years ago, someone put spectacles, just regular glasses down on a, a floor during an art gallery, a very, very popular art gallery. And people thought it was an installation. And these people, teenagers, actually, two teenagers, were able to use that footage that they took to amplify their own platforms. So... 
And it will it will continue with each success story. There will be more copycats. It's weird how social media, specifically social media, how we communicate with each other, these new uh, uh, platforms, these new apps, these new ways of managing life have fundamentally transformed how we communicate, um, how we can be an idiot, and also how we can get our food (laughs) at school. Yeah. So since... 2020 things have changed we know that you've talked about it we've all talked about it and one of the ways in which school children have been affected is that while they were home during 2020 while school was no longer in session many people either of course made their lunches at home or had them delivered parents were working or not working people had access to delivery from doordash or these other providers and now that students are back in school there's an element of expectation that that will still continue So there's a conversation happening on social media, and it's really split between the yeses and the noes. The yeses say that students should be able to get food delivered to their campuses, whether they order it themselves or their family member orders it for them. Why? There's a a cafeteria, I suppose. Right. Why would they need food delivered? You know, nobody wants cafeteria food. At least that's what they're saying. That's the angle they're taking. I don't want this. I want something better. They're coming up with all sorts of reasons and excuses to validate that. It's totally entitlement. Look, it's it's not a nightclub where you go in there and say, okay, we're going to get some food after the club. No, you're there to learn and the food is what is provided at the cafeteria. I remember when I was in school, we had an open campus where you could leave and go to lunch. Mm-hmm. But but we live in a world now where most of these campuses are closed. Right. So the idea of random strangers walking up on campus to deliver food is a, a, a danger. It's a hazard. It's completely a hazard and a liability. And that's where the no's come in. People are saying, of course, it is not a safe thing to do to allow strangers, delivery people or otherwise, to come onto campus in addition to the fact that it can be totally disruptive to a classroom. Imagine a student walking back in with a McDonald's bag or an in and out bag or whatever it might be and everyone else is eating the school pizza. You know, the little square of pizza that no one really wants. But the the conversation again that's being had is is really split. So you're seeing this played out on lots of social media channels and ultimately it's completely derived or born of 2020. Things have changed so much and this is just another effect of what happened. It's the viral load with Tiffany Hobbs who joins me in studio. We'll have more in just a moment. Some of the biggest stories which have taken over social media, the conversation outside of the conversation. You may not have heard it on radio like KFI until now, but this is what people are talking about when they're not talking here. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on demand from KFI AM 640. Let's dance. Let's shout. Up, up, up. Getting funky what it's all about. Let's dance. KFI 
AM 640. later with Mo Kelly. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're right in the middle of the viral load with Tiffany Hobbs. Now let's go out to Torrance, my old stomping grounds. Tiffany, uh, from what I read on social media, there's a flasher there's a in flasher. There's a flasher and not the kind that people might like, unfortunately. This one is a bit more... Mm, a, a, a bit more confusing and dangerous, right, than our conventional flashers. This is not New Orleans. So residents are being flashed with a stationary, super bright light of some sort, some sort of LED light. There's a man, presumably a man, according to residents who have posted on Nextdoor and Citizen, who's driving southbound on Hawthorne Boulevard. If you're familiar with the South Bay, that's kind of at the tip of Lawndale and, and the Torrance area. So he's driving through Lawndale, Redondo Beach, and he's into Torrance and he's flashing this light at cars from 630 or between 630 and 7 o'clock in the morning. Now, if you know anything about Torrance, and this is no slight to Mo Kelly, but it is a population of aging people. And because of that, many people who are older like to drive before the rest of traffic is there. So you have people who are driving, they're being flashed, and a lot of people in the older generation or older population are really scared and concerned about what this poses for them and their safety. Uh, it's been reported to Torrance PD. Someone found a part of his, or was able to, to take a video of a part of the person's license plate and submit it to Torrance PD. So they're on the case, so to speak, but so far they've turned up no leads as to who this person is. I no have, strong leads. I have an admission. Yes. I have um, a confession. Um, it's a safe space. I actually used to do that with my friends back in the day. We had this huge quartz beam that we had. It was almost like the police cruiser. They have the light out on the side where you like blind the driver. It's yes. so bright. It turns everything in the night. Is in there the a day. statute of limitations with this? Or I are hope you implicating so, because yourself? this is more than 20 years ago. <laughs> Actually, no, it's 30 years ago at this point. Okay. And uh, people, we drive around and um, we look for someone to, to antagonize, someone usually around our age. And we drive off and my friend had a, a Camaro, 68 Camaro, like a 450 big block engine. Mm -hmm. We were drag racing and everything. I was little little different guy back then <laughs> and so we would rev the engine talk mess and and we as they pull off we'd shine the light right in their face oh. and then we dared them to chase us around torrents and everything it was real stupid it was it was typical what i did at that age but that was very similar to what we were doing and that sounds like the epitome of crime in torrents because torrents is pretty squeaky clean when it comes to crime yeah, for the most part yeah for the most part for the most part they don't it's have to deal with a lot yeah you know but you know it'd be really ironic if the person doing the flashing was in fact elderly that'd be a you know poetic justice possibly or but, someone i knew or someone you knew or <laughs> perhaps you i don't know if no, that's what you're no, admitting wasn't me. Uh, nope nope don't me. know don't know not a part of it last story so Instagram. If you are in any major market in the United States, you know that rents are skyrocketing. And on our coast, New York, California, specifically Los Angeles and San Francisco, those rental prices are bar none more than any other place in the country. Well, you have quite a few Instagram accounts that are popping up or have popped up hundreds, if not thousands, that are catering to the rental market, or at least that's what they purport to be doing. They post different listings for leasings, and the objective is to draw interest to their units to get their buildings filled up. And we have lots of new builds going on, so they don't want these buildings empty. However, after they post 
a lead or the actual unit and do the whole virtual tour and and soup it up and tell you how much it is and everything, all the amenities. What's happening is that people are coming into the comments by the hundreds, if not thousands, and completely decimating the account. They are trying to get these accounts canceled because they feel that they are just outrageously tone deaf. For instance, there's a $3,300 rental, a single family home, very modest in a not so, you know, conventionally good, quote unquote, area of Los Angeles. And people were in the comments and one person said $3,000 to get your home broken into while you're at work, your catalytic converter stolen while you sleep and harassed by gang members when you go to the store. What is, what do the what do the complainers hope to accomplish because you know look they're just setting the price they're just advertising these rentals they're not single-handedly gentrifying a community. They're not and and it is marketing. It is marketing. It's another type of marketing. Social media is a, is a really handy tool for that. But what they're what the complainers are hoping to accomplish I think is galvanization. They want their voices heard. They want to scream into the ether and social media is the one of the best places, if not the most popular place, to scream your opinions. And so people have very strong opinions about the rental market. And so they're using these accounts to share their feelings and they're hoping to find like-minded people. And what better place than under a post that's advertised in your neighborhood at twice what you might be paying? Is it on any level organized these complaints? Are they groups? Are they possibly uh, competition? Other realtors? What do we know about the complainers as far as um, their methods? Kind of roving bands of complainers. They're, mm -hmm. they're singular in nature, but I think that that even lends itself to just how popular it is to try to bring down these sorts of accounts. If you have just a bunch of citizens or people who are saying they're citizens from wherever they are in the world, they might not even be in Los Angeles or New York or San Francisco, but what they're doing is they're coming together to really strike back at the cost of living and how unattainable and unaffordable it is for so many people. I wonder if this is just the tip of the iceberg as far as the, the non-traditional uses of social media because Instagram is historically has been about look at me, look at me, look at me, not necessarily look at this, look at this, look at that. So you can buy this. Yeah, there's a marketplace there, right. but that's not usually how Instagram is, is used. It's not. It's not. And that's why this makes this story is all the more interesting because Instagram and Facebook and these other forms of social media are turning to uh, person to person type marketing. They don't have to enlist a huge marketing agency. They can just use their platform, their their account and share listings. And it's not just real estate companies or agencies or agents. There are people who are just sharing the information and their accounts are popularized because of their tags. When you hashtag something, it brings more interest to that specific topic. So people are just finding places again to just scream and attack the cost of living. Tiffany Hobbs, how can people find you on social media or just further dialogue with you? You can find me on Instagram. My handle is Tiff Hobbs on here. No spaces. Very simple to find me. Tiff Hobbs on here on Instagram. On Facebook, I'm Tiffany Hobbs. I will be screaming into the ether perhaps about uh, the cost of living increases. But more than anything, I'm just grateful and thankful to everyone who's been listening. And so you'll see me saying a lot of that. Tiffany, it's always good to see you. And will we see you next week? Ah, yeah, you, you absolutely will. I'll be here. This chair is mine now. I've claimed it. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Name it, claim it. Name it, claim it.
You're listening to Later with Mo Kelly on demand from KFI AM 640.